Yeah. Yeah, old school. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, this ain't for everybody. Some of y'all need to hear this. I know you're in the trenches fighting, but check it out. I'm going to put it down like this so I can help the saints understand. Everything you're going through is all part of the master plan. Or what? You thought because you got saved, everything was going to be peaches and cream? You better wake up, son. Don't nothing come to a sleep but a drink. Faith without works is dead. Read your Bible. You know what it says. He who don't work, don't eat. Slackers don't get fed. Huh? Yeah. Jesus said, he who puts his hands to the plow looks back the same ain't fit. Some of y'all ain't been in the church five minutes and you're about ready to quit. I ain't mad at you. I'm just hitting you with the real. If you die for me and I was still tripping, now how you think that make you feel? Check this out. Deep game. This here's deep. Some of y'all ain't sawing nothing but you started trying to reach. But after him who was able to possess your father by his glory. Struggles might be part of your testimony, but it ain't the end of the story. Now the point is this prophesied way back in the day. Choir, sing your hook right here and see if the church can relate. Glenn, I mean, because uh, I'm sure you got your views. 
No, man, I, I um, have always been a communicator uh, from the time I was a kid. And I've been in radio my entire life and a writer. And I had and have many books in the works on my laptop. But last March, when this thing hit, and they started talking about shutting the economy down for it, I was like, this is not making sense to me. And I started posting about it, like literally before the, the thing shut down, when Cuomo in New York and Gavin Newsom in California were just starting to talk about it. And the reaction that the world was having in places like China and Italy and Spain, I was like, this, this is not common sense. And I, so I started saying stuff like that in social media. And, bro, I got viciously attacked wow. from people that know me and love me even and respect me. And I thought, what the heck? And so I was spending so much time addressing the criticism early on from a minute ago. And it's, so, it, it, you know, it's hard to imagine that it's only been since last spring, but there was so much stress. There was so much happening in my brain. And as a life coach, I thought, I've got to get this off my head. And back in the day, we would say on a paper, but now it's onto a screen. And right. so I spent about 20 hours writing a blog about it called My Response to the Coronavirus Pandemic Crisis. And then when my critics would say that I uh, – are we allowed to swear on the show? Yeah, you can speak. It's my show. Do your thing. Okay, well, I just – you know, out of respect, I asked. So when I was catching, what? No, I said, I understand. Go for it. No, do do, do you, do you use profanity on the show? Well, every now and then, you know, I have to be myself. All right. All right. So I I respect I I I do a show. uh, One of the podcasts I do is a show called sex in the pews and it is balls to the wall, honest and profane and beautiful. And, but I always like to respect whether I'm on a, on a somebody else's show or when I have a guest where they're at, so I'll I'll, I'll drop some uh, some things that here and there, but I, I will uh, respect, of course. But in any case, I was catching so much shit on Facebook, and I just had to get it off my head. So I wrote this blog, and then when my critics would say that I wasn't a caring person, or I who was I to circumvent the advice of the CDC and Anthony Fauci and Donald Trump and Governor Cuomo and Newsom. Like, how, why, why was I so much smarter? And I said, I'm not. If you really want to know what my motivation is or what my expertise is or where I'm coming from, read my blog. Within the blog, I made a lot of predictions of what was going to come to pass. Uh, and as I was sitting and watching it like everybody else as we were in lockdown. And so many of the things that I talked about in the blog were coming to pass. I was like, how the hell did I know this? I'm not that smart. But then I realized, Lamont, that basically I overlaid on the pandemic crisis the way that I approached my entire career. First as a resident summer camp owner and director, then as a father of six children, then as a full-time life coach for the last 14 years. And it occurred to me there was a book here that could help people through any crisis. If there's anything that we can all relate to is what's been going on since last spring, because we've all been going through it together, but you can take this situation and literally apply it to anything in your life or any future uh, national or international crisis so that people can navigate it in a more healthy way, including realizing that the masks are just a symbol of the, incredible power grab that occurred from the aforementioned politicians and medical bureaucrats and the media too. It's all been a power grab and people have freaked the F out over it because what happens is if you pay enough attention and people scare you enough, very rational and logical people will have their fight or flight response take over and they'll do anything to save their lives and the lives of their loved one, even if it's ill-advised and irrational. And so the mask is just a symbol of that. I mean, we've, we've never done this in the history of the world. And it, it, it didn't make any sense to me then. And pretty much everything that I talked about 
increased domestic violence, increased suicidal ideation, increased drug abuse, alcoholism, diabetes, obesity. Do you know that there's 25% of young people in this country that are considering succumbing to suicide, taking themselves out? 10% of the entire country is thinking about killing themselves. That's 33 million people. Even I can figure out, and I suck at numbers, I can figure out that 33 million is more than 200,000. Absolutely. That's why I wrote the, that's why I wrote the book. For for our listeners that uh, are are not sure, break down life coaching forms so they can be on the same page. Well, probably most of our listeners have heard the term life coach. And I often get asked, what does the life coach do? And I say to them routinely, I don't know what all life coaches do, but I'll tell you what this one does. I endeavor to have people laugh more and think more. I provoke laughter and thought. Because if you think about it, Lamont, if a person laughs more and thinks more during the course of any given day, they're probably going to have a better day. And so that's what I do. And that's what I did in early wake-up call. That's what I do on my podcast. That's what I do in my life coaching. That's how I've conducted my lives, bringing humor. And that was, that was one of the criticisms. How can you laugh about this? And I was like, if you can't laugh about this, you can't laugh about anything because this is absurd. And when you add humor to a situation that you're afraid of, it actually takes part of the power away from what you are fear, fearing. And so that's what I do as a life coach. I provoke laughter and thought. Well, that's really what this country really needs, more thought for sure. And definitely need and more laughter. laughter. <laughs> yeah, definitely need more laughter, but they definitely need to think before they engage their mouths a whole lot of times. So your 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 views on this pandemic is is a conspiracy? Am I to take that correct? No, absolutely not. I am not a conspiratorialist in any way, shape, or form because I don't think in our current state human beings are smart enough to uh, form a conspiracy that would get be able to fly underneath the radar screen and get an entire world to shut down their economy. Uh, in fact, I mean, I, I can kind of prove it. There's been a conspiratorial mindset for a long time, uh, and you hear, you've heard the terms maybe of the Illuminati, uh, the New World Order, uh, the right. people think that Bill Gates is part of it now. Uh, this has been going on for a long time, and uh, I do, do not adhere to it. When things are kept secret, Lamont, like, for example, we know that Franklin Roosevelt now was an out-and-out anti-Semite. But we didn't know it at the time. Certainly the country didn't know it when he was leading the United States and the free world in World War II. We know it now. It came out. The truth eventually always comes out. We know that the United States government knew from the start of the Vietnam War incursion with President Eisenhower and JFK and Lyndon Johnson all the way through Nixon and uh, well, and, and even Ford, obviously. But the government knew that there was no way we were going to ever win that war. We didn't know it at the time. The government was lying to us. We didn't know it. But now we know it. The truth came out after about, you know, 40, 50 years. Uh, there was a lot of the country that supported Richard Nixon even after he resigned the presidency. Nixon famously said, I am not a crook. Well, like an idiot, he recorded all of his conversations in the Oval Office, and we found out, oh, he was a crook, and he did cover up the Watergate break-in. We know that. We know that John Kennedy was not only a womanizer, but an abuser of women. Now, we didn't know it then because they kept it secret. So for this kind of secret to be kept quiet is almost impossible to comprehend. And even if it is a, as they like to call it, a pandemic. We'll eventually find out about it. No, I do not think this was planned. What I think happened is that 
Uh, China screwed up. It got out into the system. I think it was here well before March. I, you probably know a lot of people that were really sick uh, before the first of the year in 2020. I think they probably had it, but it's a 99.7% survivable virus. And some people get really sick on top of the other things that they have. This is the vast majority of people. I mean, the vast majority have either been uh, senior citizens or people with compromised immune systems or serious comorbidities. They were on their way out anyway. And yet we shut down and ruined an entire nation and world's economy because the dominoes started falling and the control freaks and people that are control freaks that are drawn towards a desire to control other people's lives are like magnets to steal. They, they come to positions in things like the military or law enforcement or the clergy or government. And so guys like Fauci, who's been there for 35 years and Donald Trump and Gavin Newsom and Andrew Cuomo and, uh, the governor of New Jersey, uh, Murphy, and Whitmer in, in Michigan. These people are they, these people are really not well, and they took their moment. And the, the hypocrisy uh, that is manifested all the time is really something to behold. But because people were so scared for their lives, the media did. So, I, I, I'm 60 years old, Lamont. There, I've been through many, many crises, 9-11, the Vietnam War, uh, tsunamis, hurricanes. The, the, the television networks had never had a scoreboard of death, but they do now. You can check in anytime on CNN or MSNBC or Fox News and see exactly how many people have been, have they said have tested positive and how many people they said have died from COVID who did not die of COVID, they died from or with COVID. I've got a buddy of mine whose brother, a couple of months ago, tragically had a heart attack while he was driving. And he had an accident because he couldn't drive, obviously. He, was, he had a heart attack, and then he died. And they did an autopsy to see if he had alcohol or drugs in his system, which he did not. But he did have COVID-19 in his system. His death was categorized as the COVID-19 death. Wow. There's something so seriously I'm... wrong with it. I could tell you story after story. I, one of my stepsons is a nurse, and he was in the middle of all this shit in Connecticut when all this stuff was happening in New York. And he said to me, Pop, he said, I have not seen one patient in the ICU who's died of COVID or who's had serious complications from COVID that did not have two, three... Uh, lung cancer, obesity, uh, upper respiratory problems. I mean, all kinds of things, uh, diabetes that uh, were there just for COVID. But that's not what the media will tell you, because by scaring the public, they kept eyeballs on the screen. And, And here we are. Here we are in almost October now. And people are still talking about wearing masks. Remember, at first, the government told us not to wear masks. Remember that one? They said yeah. not to wear masks, that it, w- that it wouldn't do any good and it would do harm. And then all of a sudden, overnight, now wear masks. It's a psychological thing that people think that they're doing something that's good, that help. And what they did was they rolled over and they let the government just dictate their small businesses and their lives. And, they, and, and here's $1,200. Shut up. Uh, we'll, we'll pay you some money in the meantime. It makes no sense that the big box stores, uh, stores like Lowe's or Home Depot or Walmart can be open. Why couldn't small businesses be open with the same exact restrictions? makes no sense at all. So what do you think the end game is, Glenn? I mean, can it control or, you know, I have another friend that calls uh, the government, not really a government, but he calls it a corporation. So what, what do you it's think the end the game same, is? It's all the same, bro. It's big government, big corporations, big pharma, big media. 
you think that these cardboard cutouts that they've got at the football games and the baseball games now, or the, or the computer generated fans, what they don't realize what they're saying, but they're saying we don't need the little people. We just need them to shut up, spend the money that we're sending them that we're just printing money. By the way, Bernie Sanders ended up being right. We could just we could just pay for anything. It's obvious now. This is all funny money. It's like monopoly money. It doesn't mean anything. And we'll just make the decision for them. We'll tell them if they can go to school or not. We'll tell them if they can play football or go to games or concerts or go to bars or go out for dinner. Here's the end game. I'll tell you, this is a huge problem. The end game is we're all dead. And when I say all, I mean A-L-L. We're all going to die. And the fact that people can't face up to that fact when, when you face up to reality and the fact that, that, that you, if you, even if you never go outside, you're still taking the chance you could die. Because literally, a meteor could fall on your house and you're dead. We're all, we're yeah. all dead men and women walking. But what pe- people don't want to deal with reality, but I'll tell you something. What I found out in my life coaching and in my meditative life, that when you embrace inevitability and you embrace truth, and truth is defined as anything that's applicable to everybody on the planet, like gravity. The reason gravity is the truth is because everybody is susceptible to gravity. Death is another truth. Everybody is going to die. But, but people don't want to because they're so afraid of dying. Society didn't used to be so afraid of dying. They were afraid of starving and suffering. Well, we don't starve anymore in this country. So we're afraid of dying. So instead of embracing it, people, in fact, one of my critics, I said, we have to respond without fear. Like, like FDR said, we have nothing to fear. And, he, and, and my critic said a, a good dose of fear, a healthy, this is what he said, a healthy dose of fear would be a good thing right now. And I was like, when is fear ever a healthy thing? You want you want somebody making a decision, a life and death decision, who is freaked out, or do you want somebody who is thinking logically and calmly and rationally? So yes, we're all going to die. Ultimately, the country's going to survive. It's going to be a shit show, bro. After the election, whoever wins, they are. It, I I do not envy whoever wins the presidency because it's going to be a nightmare. You cannot shut down a nation's economy and, and the, and the incumbent and recumbent emotional and psychological effect that has occurred. People are going to have post-traumatic stress syndrome from this. The amount the, the <laughs> divorce rate is up. The rape rate is up. The domestic violence is up. You, you, you what are you going to say? Oh, okay. Everything's going to be good because Joe Biden wins real uh, wins election because Donald Trump's no longer president or everything's great because Trump won re-election. Uh-uh. And so what I recommend in the book, in early wake-up call, and in my practice, is to be responsible for your own well-being in total, your physical, your emotional, and your spiritual peace of mind. Wasn't that the first law of man anyway, self-preservation? That's it. I said, wasn't that the first law of man is self-preservation? Because at the end of the day, you really have to look out and take care of yourself because you can't let everybody just run and control everything. Right. So you said something that was kind of resonated that I thought about, too. Regardless of what happens in this election, it's still going to be crazy out there. Pandemonium. Yep. I mean, if you if if you think that the riots and the I'm not talking about a Black Lives Matter protest. I'm talking about the out and out violence, burning of cities, looting, uh, shooting, all that stuff. If you think that it's been bad, you ain't seen nothing yet. Especially if Trump wins re-election. But 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 the same thing is going to be true for Biden. The same thing. The, 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 the mayor of Portland had a – he was supportive of the, the protests. He had a move. 
Yep. So what do you think people should be doing now? What should they be doing? I know they're taking care of themselves, but any any steps in the process? Do you meditate, bro? Daily. Yeah. If if you don't have a mindfulness practice and are doing the deep, this is always true. This, this has never changed. There's nothing different uh, in what I'm what I'm saying. If you don't have an inner practice that is that goes deep, that allows you to do to deal with your own fears, your own insecurities, <laughs> your own hesitations about maxing out your potential. It doesn't. We didn't need a pandemic. We have one. We didn't need one. But that's what people should be doing. They should absolutely be focused on getting centered and finding out who they truly are internally. And ultimately, what everybody is is a human being. We are not human doings. We judge ourselves based on what we do and what has been done to us. But we're actually human beings. And here's what, what I found out that all human beings be. This is, this is another across-the-board eternal truth. We're all righteous. Internally, eternally, spiritually, we are all pure love. I know, I know, I know, I know it doesn't seem like that. No, I was just going to ask you what... I was just going to ask you what happens along the way because I think a lot of that is learned behavior. So what happens along the way? Uh, that's exactly right. It's genetically based. Uh, this is a concept that was written about by a Jewish rabbi named Saul who becomes the Apostle Paul who wrote a third of the New Testament writings. And he, the 2,000 years ago, this, this guy said, there's not a male, there's not a female, there's not a Jew or non-Jew, there's not slaves or free. We're all the same. That was 2,000 years ago, bro. That was, you know how revolutionary it was to say that men and women are equal? And this is a Jewish guy that said Jews and Gentiles are the same. That was, that was controversial to say the least. He said that if you meditate on this, truth. That will be to the renewal of your mind. You can read it. It's in your damn Bible. He said it's to the salvation of your soul. That's where emotional, psychological, mindful balance. That's how you can walk through anything. Uh, I'd like to recommend a book besides my book, Early Wake Up Call, to your audience. An all-time bestseller. It's by a guy named Victor Frankl. F-I-K-T-O-R. F-R-A-N-K-L. Victor Frankl. He wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. Victor Frankl was a survivor of the concentration camp at Auschwitz. And he was a disciple of Sigmund Freud. And at the time, the concept of, you know, psychology is a relatively new discipline psychiatry and he was in the early stages frankly with freud at the time before world war ii the concept was you, you can have psychological peace mental health if you can get rid of all conflict and this is what the teaching frankel was under by freud but here is victor frankel in a german concentration camp called auschwitz and all he saw was conflict. And yet, he was able to find peace of mind even in the middle of that. And so he coined a term called mental hygiene. Paul called it the salvation of the soul. Frankel calls it mental hygiene. Same concept. It's the cleansing of the toxic thoughts that run as a loop repeating over and over and over in our brain that I'm not good enough, that the, the world's coming to an end. By the way, the world's not coming to an end, folks. Don't listen to the religious right. Don't listen to the religious left. The world is going to be here. If there's anything that the pandemic proved, we were shut down for about, I don't know, 8, 12 weeks, 
the skies cleared in L.A. Where are you at right now? L.A.? Yeah. You, you saw the skies clear when all that traffic went away? The, yeah, the, the, the hyper-global warming is, <laughs> says we, we, only had, uh, we only have 12 years to turn this around. We, we turned it around in 12 weeks. The dolphins return to the canals of Venice. It's always the alarmist because it's all about power and control. And so Frankel calls it mental hygiene. The modern-day philosopher David Allen calls it a taking a mind sweep. Coach Glenn Klein calls it taking a brain poop because I'm just really classy that way. you got to get the toxins out. It's just like taking an actual poop. But we were potty trained as kids, but nobody ever trained us how to do mindfulness practice or to take a brain poop when we are so anxious anxiety disorder and panic attacks are epidemic talk about a pandemic this is a relatively new phenomenon and the only way to cope with this is through the inner work the shadow work the meditative process i literally marinate in this stuff all day long and i was able to overcome a bipolar uh diagnosis 20 years ago this way. I didn't know I was doing it. I just went down this road, and all of a sudden, I don't have bipolar anymore about seven, eight years ago. You was diagnosed and, uh, prior to? Yeah, I was diagnosed 20 years ago. Okay. And I, and I, try, and I went down the pharmaceutical, the psychotropic drugs, and I, you know those commercials where they say you might have seizures or fainting or amnesia or, or, or increased thoughts of suicide, right? You've seen these. Yeah, I had every one of them. And I did two rounds of it, and it literally just about killed me. You talk about increased thoughts of suicide? And then I weaned myself off of that and then went down a much more holistic approach, including the meditation, but not knowing that the meditation would literally cure me of bipolar syndrome. I've got a very good friend of mine who was a co- also a coach of mine uh, who uh, had 55 panic attacks a day, and he had the same very positive experience with this meditative process of, of staying focused on who, who we truly are. We are not human doings, you guys. We're human beings. But we all judge ourselves and each other. And our, our society and our neighbors based on what they do, how much money they make, what kind of car they drive, do they have a good marriage, do they have good kids. All those things are wonderful to have. But, it, but those things go away. And, you know, I can prove it because people like Robin Williams wouldn't kill themselves otherwise. If money and fame and, and respect and all those things were something that would bring – Internal peace, guys like Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade wouldn't kill themselves, Robin Williams. But they do. And right now, as I said earlier, 10% of the whole country is thinking about offing themselves. You guys don't off yourself. You're not going to, God's not going to be pissed at you. It's not a selfish act. It's just an ultimate symptom of some serious mental illness. And just call somebody before you do it, because there'll never be another person like you. You're as original in your personality imprint as your fingerprint. Everybody's I mean, think about that for a second. Everybody's fingerprint is original. That's incredible when you think about it. And so there's, a lot of, there, there's a lot of people out there in the world that are suffering from uh, bipolar syndrome and they don't know what street to turn down they don't really know what to do about it yeah well here's here's uh whoever's listening here's my cell number 813-363-9545 813-363-9545 if you call me if i don't pick up leave a message i promise i will call you back if you don't call me call the national suicide hotline call a friend and let me just throw this out there. Let me throw this out there too, Glenn. Uh, I see the switchboard is listening up, lit up, 
And if any of you guys out there have a question or want to join in the conversation, ask Glenn something, just press number one on your phone and let us know you're there, and we'll be glad to let you join the conversation. That's number one on the phone. Uh, I'm sure you're glad to fill any questions that you may have about this subject, so don't be afraid. Just press number one. That's all you got to do. All right, Glenn. I'm done with that little spill, Glenn. I just had to put that out no, there. That's good. I know, yeah. a lot of people, I know a lot of people are listening. Push number one. Push number one, and we're glad to let you join the conversation because I know you got questions on this matter because I hear a lot of people um, are suffering with that situation. And um, I'm not a doctor, but I listen to some of the things that I'm told that uh, the people in the medical profession have said, and I'm like, I probably could have gave better advice than that. We need a holistic approach in our life, man. I'm not saying don't take your meds. I'm not saying don't wear a mask. I don't wear a mask. I haven't worn a mask one time because it's a symbol to me. It's like it's like the United States flag. The, the U.S., what, what is a flag? A flag is a piece of cloth. So if somebody burns a piece of cloth, who cares? But it's what it represents. That's why people get so upset about it. It's not the cloth. It's what it represents. So obviously, it's just a face cloth or a face diaper. Big deal. But it, it represents the constant encroachment of big governments, big corporations, big pharma, big media, taking away people's right to like live their lives. I mean, can you imagine? I, I used to love to go to concerts. They don't have concerts anymore. My my daughter's an actor. She can't do productions. They're not doing anything. All the Tell me about it. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> Why? Some of us haven't worked since March as far as the acting profession. Yeah, bro. Well, think about all the grips and the lighting people and the makeup people and the hair people and the, the people that provide the foods for the act. I mean, we're, the cameramen and the camera women. They, they, they think, you know, they, they think the people that uh, have money, they, they don't care. They're living their lives. The, the, the people that sell think? the beer or the ball games. Go ahead. What do you think about this daylight saving time thing? Because I always thought that was a control mechanism as well, because no matter what, I always wake up at the same time anyway. Well, regardless, of what, of the clock, regardless of what the clock says, so I always thought that that was a control mechanism too. Set your clock. Nah, way, I, I, clock I don't. I, th- I think that people. Well, it goes back to the days of the farming when they wanted to have more daylight out uh, to harvest the crops, so they changed the times. They just never changed it back, you know, or they never went back to not back. They just never. Well, I guess back. Uh, we, I mean, in Florida, they they passed a law that we had no more daylight savings time. Except they they pass a law, but we still we still have daylight savings time. I don't understand. <laughs> now, pe- people don't like change, Lamont. Ironic, since oh. it's the only constant. Everybody knows that. But we hate change because it's stressful. The sociologists have done the research. The number one cause of stress is change. And, of course, change is the only constant. So we're out, we live under a planet of gravity. We're constantly being pressed down upon. If you can't learn how to deal with stress, you're going to have premature death and you're going to have diseases that you don't need. Not that anybody needs a disease, but 70% of all diseases psychosomatic, 70, which means it starts with mismanaged stress in the brain. And then it becomes a real disease like a brain tumor or a stroke or heart disease or arthritis or diabetes. But it starts with people not being able to manage change, and change is the only constant. And and change is always happening. I'm like 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 literally things have significantly changed since you and I started talking. And so we, if you don't know how to breathe, if you don't know how to do the mindfulness practice, if you don't enjoy the sun and get some vitamin D and uh, have a healthy sex, there's a thousand ways to manage stress effectively. A healthy sex life is one of them. That's why I do a show about sex positivity called Sex and Abuse. But doesn't all this lead to the, the, the fear thing that you were speaking about earlier, the fear that creates distress, that fights the change? Well, I mean, it's, it's all a big old pot of stew 
that can become very toxic. But actually, the stress or the change brings the fear. Then the fear is what you do with it. And if you look fear in the face and do a big F you to it and then deal with it from a logical and rational standpoint, you can get through anything. I mean, Victor Frankl got through Auschwitz. So did other people. Uh, John McCain, the late senator from Arizona, who was the Republican nominee against Barack Obama in 2008, lost to Obama. That guy was in the Hanoi Hilton as a prisoner of war to the North Vietnamese for five and a half years, tortured, uh, solitary confinement. He gets out, and he dedicates his life to public service. Forget about the politics. He ends up becoming the nominee. He was almost president. Other men and women from, from much less stressful situations, but including warfare, come out and they end up killing themselves. Why? Because they didn't have the information. We know that knowledge or information is power. And if you guys want to be empowered, get yourself some knowledge. Get yourself some empowerment through it. I know it's a cliche, but cliches are cliches for a reason. They have a lot of truth to them. And I I cannot recommend enough uh, my book because that can start your your process because there's a lot of really powerful knowledge and information, logic and humor, and a uh, a lifetime of stories of overcoming fear, anxiety, and stress. It's called Early Wake-Up Call. Yeah, I was just finna. I just finna tell you that. Tell them where to go get it, where it's at, and all that good stuff. Yeah, it's on Amazon, uh, but you can go to my coaching site because I got a pre-sale for your uh, audience uh, a discount. It's uh, Coach Len Klein, G L E N K L E I N dot com. And again, call me if you if you, if you need if you just want to talk to somebody. This is what the, the, my first session is always free, no matter what. So just give me a buzz and. Uh, We'll see what we got. I once I was doing a live podcast 14 years ago, and a guy from L.A. called me, and he said he was thinking about killing himself. This was live, and I had to walk him through that. He said that his dad had killed themselves, his brothers had killed themselves, his uncles had killed themselves, wow. and he thought it was the will of God for him to commit suicide. The will of God, and they think it was probably hereditary since his family did it too. It was. It was a mental illness, of course. So I talked to him in a very logical way. Can you imagine so if, if one of your callers called right now and said, you know what, I'm thinking about killing myself. What do you think? I mean, I was waiting for a gunshot at any second. And then we never, this was pre-Facebook days. We didn't have any contact with the guy. It was Ron from California. And then about six weeks later, he called us back. And he said to us, he said, you know, I said, I, he said, I heard what you said, and that I know that God isn't out there judging anymore that he's at rest in everybody's heart. That's the New Testament, you guys. The Old Testament, the, 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 what religion teaches is that God's out there getting ready to judge the earth. Uh-uh-uh. That, that was the Old Testament. We have a New Testament now for 2,000 freaking years. We were talking earlier about this concept that there's total equality. Well, that, that was penned 2,000 years ago by this guy, Paul. And... 2,000 years ago, God switched it up. He went from being this judging God. He said, you know, God was the first one to figure out to do the th- things the same way and expect different results is insane. <laughs> so he did, a new, he did a new way. And God's not doing stuff anymore. He's just at rest. He's, it's, it's up to us. So I told him, you're not going to go to hell. There is no hell. Not in the Bible, at least. There's 55 references to hell in the King James Bible. Not one of them means a place where God sends people to be punished forever. Not one. Not even close. Is a mistranslation, again, because of the power of control freaks. This time, in starting with the Roman Catholic Church, and then eventually into Protestantism and non-denominational churches now. It's a, it's a fear tactic. Wow. So I talked, I said, God's not going to be pissed at you. You're not going to go to hell. And I always recommend, and he, he had heard the show for weeks, for months. I always tell people, just follow your heart. But usually I, I, I get calls like that, and people are like, you know, should I move cities? Should I marry this person? Should I change jobs? I just follow your heart. And so, but in this case, I said the same thing to a guy that was considering killing himself. I said, follow your heart. Six weeks later, he said, you know, you got tremendous credibility, Glenn, because I was talking about killing myself, and he gave the same advice 
you gave to the other people that were considering a job change or a locale move. And he said, I decided to hang out for my kids and my grandkids. And so he didn't kill himself. That was good. Yeah, it was. It was. You know, I hear a lot of people say it's better on the other side, but I don't really know anybody that's been over there that called and told me it was great. I don't know, man. I've never been there. Neither have I. I do know this, that eternal life is scientific because we know scientifically human beings are mass. We have mass. We have flesh and bones and cartilage and stuff, veins. So we have mass. We know we're 70% water, just like the earth, ironic, since supposedly Adam came from the earth. We're 70% water, just like the planet. And we know we are energy grids. We carry energy. Well, none of that stuff just goes into a vacuum when you die. That stuff continues on. The water evaporates. It comes back down. Our matter goes back into the earth. Our energy continues on in people's hearts and in the earth. Now, how that manifests, if we're conscious of it, I have no freaking idea. Because I've never been there. I don't know. But I know this. Well, I don't know. I, this is what I think, Lamont. I think that this is our only go around. I respect people that think about and believe in reincarnation. But somebody asked me the other day if, uh, if I came back what I would want to come back as if there is reincarnation. <laughs> I, said, I said I'd come back as a male dog. And they said, why? Why a male dog? And I, cause I said, I would love a life of just being able to lick myself all day. Oh, that's crazy. At least one thing I know, <laughs> I don't want to come back. I don't want to come back as a chicken. No. No, I don't want to end up in Colonel Sanders' deep fryer, that's for sure. Uh, life expectancy of a chicken is zero. <laughs> that's a very good point. But then again, life expectancy of human beings is a zero, like we were talking about before. It's just a question of how long is our life expectancy. You guys embrace that. When you embrace that truth that we're all dead men and women walking, you'll actually make more of it each day. Like if you knew you had a terminal disease, that would change your mindset. We all have a terminal disease. It's called death. <laughs> Oh yeah. I, and I, the I other thing is, why life why life. why is it that why is it people really don't understand what they don't know, and they go through their whole life, you know, seeking to find out what their purpose is, and some people never get there. That's the fifty thousand dollar question right there. Uh. I'm reading another book right now called She Has Her Mother's Laugh by a a guy named Carl Zimmer, who's a geneticist. And he's a great writer, so it's a great book. And basically, Zimmer says everything, pretty much, is based on how our genetics came together, including a desire for deeper knowledge and deeper truth and trying to max out our experience here. So people say to me all the time, Lamont, they're like, that's a weird philosophy to embrace as a life coach. You want to help people. You think you can help people change their whole freaking path. And I say, yeah, that's true. However, I don't know who people, who the people are that are genetically predisposed to actually maxing out their experience. I don't know, but they may be struggling right now. And a lot of people are, and I might just be the conduit to help them take the next step. And if that's the case, I am really good with it. I'm good with it either way. But, yeah, I think that's why I think there's just a certain segment of the human species that are genetically it, – it just it's not their, to their credit. It's not their fault if they're not. It's just that that's just how they came out from their mama's womb was that their mom and dad genetics came together to produce people that want a little bit more out of life than just be born – pay some taxes and freaking die. I, I, I need more than that. Do you How about think you, they're, you need more than that, buddy? Th- oh, absolutely. Do you think people's environment have a lot to do with that? We know about the no. genetics. I think, it, I, I, think it has so- I think it has something to do with it, and it's important. But, again, 
John McCain was his environment was in a POW camp. So are other guys and women, and they and, and different results. We have five children. We adopted our sixth, and we raised our adopted daughter from birth the same way we raised our other five. And I can tell you, it was a whole different kettle of fish, and it was all genetically based. Now she's benefited from being in a really loving and disciplined home that had a parenting strategy. A lot of parents don't have strategies. They just, you know, have sex, pop out some babies and okay, let's, let's see what we got. My parents didn't have a strategy. They didn't think about it. And I, and I came from a really excellent home, relatively speaking. I actually had reverse child abuse. My folks gave me no discipline. I wish I had some discipline, but I learned a lot. You know, they, they've got the, this uh, one child policy in China. I mean, families can only have one kid because they're so concerned about overpopulation. They have a huge abortion rate in China, but also the male child is the more favored gender in China. And so when parents have especially twin daughters, a lot of times they give the daughters to the orphanages up for adoption. And over the last 20 years or so, people from all over the world have gone to China and by and large, these girls were split up. Well, now because of this thing called Facebook, you may have heard of it. Uh, th- these girls are finding each other on different continents because, again, scientifically, we are energy grids, and we know that like energy draws like energy. And the maternal twins, these girls, basically, whether they were raised in single-parent homes or gay homes or wealthy homes or poor it doesn't make a difference basically what they found out is they were pretty much living identical lives all over the world and so that would be a pretty strong at least evidence for the power of genetics as opposed to upbringing but but you can't you, you, you can't discount nature versus nurture it's not at nearly as significant as i thought it was when uh, we adopted our little girl, Gracie. Wow, that's powerful stuff. I didn't know China gave up the girls like that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think, I think. I mean, I, I know that women and men are at least equal. In my opinion, in my uh, now into my seventh decade on the planet, if I had a say, I would say the female is the su- superior gender. But we're at least equal. But the ironic thing, of course, and the tragic thing is throughout history, the male gender has been the more favored of the two. And uh, I am so blessed that I have two daughters and a granddaughter now and a beautiful former wife. Got divorced about 14 years ago, and we're still – we just don't live together. We're as close as ever. She was over watching the football games today with me. And uh, but we shouldn't be living together. We shouldn't be married, so we're not. It's called it's called freedom, my brother. What a concept, freedom! <laughs> and you guys get along better now than you did before, huh? Way better. Way better, bro. I mean, it was a great time. Made her a beautiful lunch. Had a couple of drinks. Sent her home with some leftovers. Off she went. It was lovely. I'll tell you, our our relationship, our communication, our sex has never been better than since we split up. That I can promise you. (laughs) Well, guys out there, don't go get a divorce just to find that out. Did you ever hear uh, Louis C.K.'s bid on divorce? (laughs) Who's? You know who Louis C.K. is, the comedian? Uh, No, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Oh, dude. Yeah, he's he got me too, but he's still a freaking comic genius. You guys just just YouTube Louis C.K. divorce. It's about three minutes long. You're gonna laugh your ass off. It's hysterical about the power of divorce. He goes. He said. He says. You know. They say that love is forever. He goes. Nope. He goes. Divorce is forever. He goes. Nobody ever says. Oh my God, my divorce is falling apart. Well, you hit one on the nose right there because it seemed like mine was forever, too, so I can fall into that boat. 
<laughs> and he, he goes, and of course it's a, it's comedy, you guys. It's a joke. I mean, it's it's he's he's making a point, but it's funny. And he and he says, if you're married and you're happy, he goes, stay in your marriage. He goes, but I'm telling you, if you got divorced, it'd be a lot better. <laughs> uh, yeah, Louis, yeah, Louis C.K. Genius, Louis C.K. The whole bit. Uh, it's called Oh My God. It was an HBO special. Oh My God. Unbelievably funny. Well, there you and guys smart. go. There's some, there's some laughter, guys. Go check it out and get you a good laugh. Yes, laughter. That's a way to, to manage stress, Lamont. To laugh. It releases endorphins, serotonin levels. It's, oh, my God. Laughing is so important. People were so critical of me when I wrote the book. I was like, how could you laugh? I made a lot of fun in the book. I was like, how could you laugh about this? I said, if you're not going to laugh about this insanity, what can you laugh about? can't laugh about anything. And I talked about uh, Charlie Chaplin, who made a satirical movie about Hitler uh, during World War II called The Dictator. And it was, it was a joke. I mean, it was – but whenever you make – or Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks is always making fun of the Nazis and Hitler. If you when you make fun of something, it loses part of its power against you. Because it's just like it's silly. Evil at the end of the day is silly. It's stupid, and it always loses. Love always beats evil. It's just that it's it's just how fast it does. Love always overcomes. Love never fails ever. It's just a question of how long it takes to win. I. I have nothing but optimism for the human race, bro. Nothing but optimism. There's going to be a day. You know, John Lennon talked about it. Martin Luther King Jr. talked about it. He had a dream. And, and we've seen some of the dreams started to come to pass. I mean, when I was a kid, the, the, the thought of an African-American president, there was no way. There was no way there was ever going to – there it was. Or for LGBTQ folks to have equal rights, for trans, transgender people. But here we are. Women just got the right to vote 100 years ago, for God's sakes. This is, these, are, these are all very positive things. Here's another positive statistic. Do you know that we are killing each other at a lesser rate due to warfare than at any time in human history? How's that possible? We can kill each other so easily. Well, I don't but know, Glenn. Uh, because, I don't know, Glenn. This year is not up yet. <laughs> it's a fair point, Lamont. It's a very fair point. Years not up yet, buddy. <laughs> yeah, but 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 our morality is improving, and our sense of our true oneness is improving, and uh, it's not without its issues and its challenges and it's fraught with all kinds of hiccups. But we're we are getting better at this. It's just a question of can we continue the progress? That's why I wrote early wake up call. Because what's happened over the last many months, this has not been progress. This has been a major delay in bringing people together. Uh, I mean, you, you think about the fact that the unemployment rate was so low amongst blacks and Hispanics and women. And I just uh, and now it's I mean, I don't I'm telling you, after the election, when 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 that when our attention goes from Trump and Biden to whatever's coming next. It's going to be rough, you guys, and you, and you ought to get yourself information. You ought to, uh, if you're not doing it already, engage in a meditative process, in a mindfulness practice, and stay focused on it and, and get yourself in shape. I talk a lot about nutrition. Why, why did they talk about that? They were all they talk about right. masks and stay home. Glenn, uh, let me jump but, in here right quick. We, let me jump in right quick, Glenn. We're down to the last sure. minute of the show, but – Tell right people on, again bro. where they can go get your book, and then uh, I'm, we're going to have you back on, man, so we can talk about talk again. That's awesome. Tell them where they well, tell you gotta them go get it Oli- real quick. You got to thank Olivia. You got to thank Olivia for me too, okay? I absolutely will, and I'm sure she's. Listening. All right, it's just it's just, you guys. It's just coachglennkline.com. C O A C H Glenn G L E double N K L E I N. Coachglennkline.com. My phone number's there. The book's there. Everything's there. My blog. Everything. Been a blast, Glenn. Thanks for coming through, man. And we're gonna talk. Lamont, thank you so much, bro. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. Be safe out there. Meditate. (laughs) 
Meditation. All right, Glenn Klein, everybody. Go check out his book. Let, let him know. Let us know that you got it here, heard it here. And uh, thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week, same time. Appreciate you.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.